Guy, I tell you, I know you were watching my Metsies last night, and I know you felt that the relief that came over the the Met fan base as we uh, got out of there with a win. But no, it, it wasn't it was, pretty. Wasn't no, pretty. but the but the Panda had a home run, and uh, <laughs> Derek Smith, Derek Smith went yard early, and uh, they, they looked like a squad. Smith. I mean, they looked good. The polar uh, bear, uh, the squirrel, the polar bear, the polar bear. Right. Meanwhile, Jeff McNeil is nice set of hair on him, huh? I mean, he's another he's another one of your seven DHs. It's incredible. I mean, he plays second you, base wherever he dude, plays. It's like he's, he's got a nice piece. Of, he's got. <laughs> I love the expression. He's got a nice piece of leather at second. Just stop it, all right? Um, and and, and look, I'm telling you, this team feels to me a little bit like uh, I think it was 1983 when uh-huh. one Doc Gooden made sure. his major league debut on this day. Now, we don't have a Doc Gooden, um, although we've got the best pitcher in baseball. I'm just saying, but this, the, the team was on an upswing. Maybe this team is more developed. I think we have a more veteran presence, but there's a sense of excitement yes. guy, in, in Flushing. So um, I actually and watched, I, you know, by the way, I watched the uh, opening. I know, I you did. watched No, the, no, 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 I, I did. DeGrom, joy, I listen, know. no, DeGrom is – ridiculous and what i found fascinating and and the met booth is incredible but ron darling was talking about basically saying listen he doesn't throw it but his curveball might be the best curveball in major league baseball it's even ridiculous right right i mean it's crazy i mean you can make an argument that he's you know this body work he's done over the last five years as as good as any pitcher in the history of baseball, and I'm not saying that to wind you. It's true. No, well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because the the comparisons to um, these are Kofaxian years that he's putting together because he won't have otherwise the the type of traditional Hall of Fame resume for a guy that I think is is going to you know definitely uh, get it together. So, um, and if you think of the body of work. Um, because uh, this day in history also is, I believe, the release of Roxanne as a single for the sure. police on that solo album. I mean, think of the body of work that the police threw at you with Atlantis D'Amour, Regatta de Blanc, and Zenyana Mandata. Yeah, I did that. And, and, and again, and I, then they I, came those, back with the ghost in the machine and like, what was that, that 82? I know, that sucked. That is one. that 82? Is that right? Something Maybe. like that. Yeah, yeah spirits in the material world that sucked i mean th- th- those first three albums were were unique uh they were iconic sting established himself as as an, a unique talent so so um i don't know it, it's it's uh it, it was i don't know how i transitioned to that body of work um speaking of body i'm playing hurt today i actually what, to whoa, whoa, wait, what, you, dude what's I'm, up? I'm look i'm puffy i mean your don't, fingers don't I better don't, don't, i'm i, I, I have I got it. I had an extraction today of a tooth, as in like a front tooth, um, oh. where I had uh, a post that went bad on a crown. You know, oh. getting a lot of deep. It was. Let's just say, man. I you know I know what it's like to take a cortisone shot or two and get out there on the hill, even when the elbow's barking. You know, this is what I'm here to do, man. I'm my mouth is my elbow uh, as a you know as a pitcher. Uh, I'm a talker, and uh, here I am, man. I'm playing hurt, um, and I've got basically a fake front now. Here and here. So don't, you know, when I people say that Seymour, listen. he's pretty shallow. He's, he's pretty fake. You can be like, yeah, you know what? He's not shallow, but his front couple are fake. So Well, you can't you tell. From my vantage point, you can't tell. But that Novocaine feeling when you, know, Dude, you have that numbness, I, it's the worst. Yeah. And you're trying to work it out, and it just takes time. I, I feel like I've got 
kind of a like a puffy something that I'm not normally giving. I'm, I yeah, I assume I sound different. I feel different. Hopefully, my lip doesn't look no. like it's three times like like someone had just popped me in the lip. Um, no, you which, sound good. But you know what's it? You know what else sounded good? This is an awkward segue, but and everybody sort of bows at the altar of Jamie Dimon, and he's the greatest banker since J, literally J.P. Morgan. The irony there is not you know yes, lost yes. on me, but. Yes. You know, he came out basically saying, "Bull, you know, put on your bull suit for the next two and a half years because he sees this run last until, you know, middle of 2023 or so. Well, um, you know, again, like Jamie Dimon is the informal kind of leader of the banking industry and, you know, different than the Federal Reserve, even though the Fed is still their governor. And uh, um, you know, speaking of, you, you thought you're, your segue was a little awkward. I thought it was decent, actually. Um, nice. But speaking of like speaking of like a fake front, I mean, this is what I heard him talking about is is that, you know, you've got deficit spending and but it's going to be a party until it's not. And and, and that's kind of scary um, when you think about it. He basically said that, you know, it could be a bonanza into early 2023. And, and this is a guy who at least I think has I think he's got a ton of credibility and and, and I like him. Um, I don't necessarily love the way the banks have, have uh, been at the center of our lives in good ways and bad ways, mostly bad in the last 13 years or so. But um, I think he's highly credible and I think he's highly rational. And, and I do think he's highly rational both into his, his, his view of the economy. I think, I don't know, I think his politics are relatively rational. Um, I haven't ever seen him you know, be extreme. And, and when he says something that sounds almost overly ebullient, I get a little worried because um, it's just not what I'm used to hearing out of the guy. Maybe I misheard that. Did I hear it? I mean, what did you hear? No, I think they used the exact word. I mean, I can't spell it, but a boolean is the correct word because, you know, he sounds as optimistic as I've ever heard him sound. And it's interesting. I mean, he's a banker. You know, other bankers, Lloyd Blankfein has come and go. I mean, you can rattle off five or six names of people that have come and gone over the years. And he's still there. And he is he has transcended, I think, the industry in a lot of ways. So when he makes it's not unlike Warren Buffett making comments, quite frankly, when Jamie Dimon says things like this, you got to listen. I wouldn't say the market's necessarily listening today, not that the market's doing anything, but it's it's noteworthy. And the fact that he thinks this can continue without any real ramifications, um, I think you have to take note of that. Well, um, you know, as we get back to our, our police references and, and uh, that, you know, is it a canary? Canary in the coal, in the coal mine? mine, sure. You know, I thought um, of that immediately. And, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, can't stand losing you, you know? I mean, I can't, you know, what happens when the Fed is not here? Um, because there's just, there's what's left standing um, when the Fed tells you it's over. And, and I'll, again, tell you, I'll tell you what's left standing. The spirits in the material world, Tim. Wow. Wow. See what I did there? Was that deep? Well, we, we probably need to get out of here. But if I get lost, man, I'll send you a message in a bottle. All right. <laughs> See you later. Later.